Alright legends, welcome along to a new episode and it has been uh, two days late As per usual I am, uh, I suck at trying to keep a schedule, I do apologise But uh, yeah, it is what it is <laughs> But we're here once again and finally we've gotten to that movie that I've been looking forward to checking out again That is Freddy vs Jason and uh, yes, this is enjoyable enough, and it's something that back in the day when we heard it was coming, we were all stupidly excited to see what they were going to do with it. And uh, you know, they do what makes sense to do with the characters, but in all fairness, um, the biggest problems we had with it back then. And even to an extent now, even though the film makes complete sense, is the fact that there's not really a lot of confrontation between Freddy and Jason in the movie. But in saying that, they do go to town in each other in a major, major way. We just kind of hope there'll be more of it in the movie. But uh, yeah, so essentially, and Freddy vs. Jason. Freddy's been in hell since his last defeat and he's no longer able to invade children's dreams as the the adults at Springwood have uh, managed to defeat him by getting the children to forget about him. So they're actually medicating the kids uh, with dream suppressants and uh, they've wiped out all records of Freddy Krueger, so he's not even an urban legend at this point. So he's completely powerless. He can't do anything. Um, yes, yeah, so at the beginning of the movie, um, we get a good kind of update of Freddy and who he is, what happened to him, how he became the major villain that he is. And that's... Uh, Freddy himself breaking the fourth wall and actually speaking to the the viewer and uh, yes it's that's uh, good as a good opener to the movie but uh, he decides he's going to resurrect Jason Voorhees and he appears to Jason in hell as his mother Pamela and he manipulates Jason into killing the teens of Springwood so he brings him back sends him to Springwood to create fear in the town and he's hoping that the people will make the connection that it, you know, is this Freddy Krueger that's doing this and, uh, you know, that's pretty much Jason can have the kills Freddy will take the glory which will give him enough power to return himself um, as far as the the teenage characters go in this movie. Of course, we're going to have it. Your standard issue, Freddy Krueger slash Jason Voorhees movie, with the kids involved. Uh, Laurie Campbell, who lives with her widowed father, is having a sleepover with her friends Kai and Gib. They are later joined by Trey Gibbs, emotionally abusive boyfriend, and his friend Blake. Uh, Jason turns up. Goes into the house, murders Trey, and uh, 
the I don't know. There was something about that murder in this movie that was kind of freaked you out a little bit because you know, he stabs him. He's on the bed, of course. We've got the 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 standard issue sex scene in the movie that you're always expecting whenever Jason Voorhees is about. Not that he ever gets any, but <laughs> they play into all the tropes of both franchises in this series. So uh, these two kids get it on in the bed and uh, yeah, Jason enters the house, Trey's in there on his own while she's having a shower and uh, he stabs him through the back with the machete and uh, then Sant grabs the top and the bottom of the bed and it folds it up and sandwiches the kid in between it. Uh, so the kid's lying on his stomach so he's, he's broken in half essentially and there's something about that there even though after the the graphic sort of thing that came before it there's something about that (laughs) sandwich that was like oh gosh i don't like that um anyway uh the first murder happens uh the police turn up and suspect freddy and after a nightmare Blake awakens to find his father decapitated by Jason, who then kills Blake himself. Uh, the police call it a murder-suicide. They're doing their best to pretty much, even though these murders are starting to have the hallmarks of Freddy and the way that it happened, uh, the police are still trying to cover it up. They know what's going to happen if they, the truth about Freddy gets out. Uh, he'll come back in a major way. But uh, yes, we do have a police officer in there that's not as slow as the rest of them, let's just say. And he's starting to realise that, oh, this is like a copycat killer of the, the old Jason Voorhees Crystal Lake murders. So, uh, yeah... He's also the one that's suspecting Freddy as well. So it's, uh, yeah, it's an interesting enough story for what's going on. But, uh, you know, you were kind of hoping there'd be more Freddy versus Jason. Honestly, like, it's just for the longest time in this movie, it's kind of, uh, stop it. <laughs> uh, Laurie's ex boyfriend. Will Rollins and his friend Mark Davis. They, they turns out they were forcibly institutionalized at Weston Hills Psychological Hospital, and they're made to take hypnosis to suppress their dreams because of their previous contact with Freddy. Of course, we've already kind of covered that, and they managed to see where they're getting their medication for the day from the, the guards and the the nurses and the the psychiatric hospital, there's a TV on in the background and the CNU's report about the killings and it prompts them to escape and return to Springwood to warn Laurie about Freddy. Uh, that night, Laurie and the others attempt, attempt a rave in a cornfield and Freddy tries to kill Gibb in a nightmare, which is your standard. And again, it plays into a lot of the tropes of both uh, movie series and it's your your standard 
Freddy chasing his victim through the the boiler room nightmare and just as he's about to go in for the kill uh, she her chest explodes in a dream to Freddy's surprise and then she withers and disappears and it turns out that like, just, Freddy starts screaming no she was mine she was mine and we then, we then discover that in the real world while she was asleep she passed out essentially in the middle of the cornfield from drink and whatnot. and uh, Jason came across a kid that was trying to take advantage of her while she was sleeping and he killed the two of them so Freddy is now getting extremely irritated that uh, Jason haven't been brought back to uh, kill for him is now out of control won't stop killing and uh, yes well Laurie and <coughs> Will, Laurie and Kia escape the rave with school nerd Charlie Lieberman and stoner Bill Freeberg after dropping off the free uh, and a confrontation with Dr. Campbell who was responsible for having Will and Mark committed to Weston Hills over Will's certainty that he saw Laurie's father murder her mother. <coughs> Will and Laurie head to Mark's house only to see him getting killed by Freddy. Uh, and a great little sequence where we're sort of skipping between the, the dream world and what's happening in reality and Freddy's actually trying to get him to take a message back to everybody else and the kids are refusing to do it in the dream so Freddy kills him and in the dream he's set fire to him and this happens in reality as well and uh, we see after the kid dies that on his back there's born into his skin Freddy's back so uh, yeah just one thing about that rave in the cornfield there's a great visual in there where uh, two of the kids actually set fire to Jason and Jason's walking through the cornfield on fire hunting one of these kids down that's a great great visual sequence in the movie um, yeah so where are we at right now um, yeah so there's the whole thing here about uh, her father getting the kid committed her boyfriend committed and the, the kid reckons that he's seen Laurie's father killing her mother um, so yeah they run after a confrontation with him and uh, yeah Deputy Scott Stubbs believing Jason is a copycat killer makes contact with Laurie and her friends who deduce Freddy's plan and learning about Hypnosil, they try to get it from Weston Hills. However, Freddy possesses Freeberg, uh, using him to dispose of the medicine. And uh, of course, if these kids can get this, they'll suppress the dreams. Freddy won't be able to complete his plans. And uh, he then uses the possessed kid's body. Uh, not just to dispose of the medicine, but Jason's there, of course. Uh, kills Stubbs and Freddy uses Freeberg 
to tranquilize Jason, causing him to fall asleep after slashing Freeburg in half. So again, playing into some of the, the tropes of the series as well. Of course, uh, possession was a big part of Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Um, the teens devise a plan to pull Freddy from the dream world into reality. Uh, just previous to the psychiatric hospital, Freddy actually manages to slip into Laurie's dream. And she manages to rip his ear off the side of his head and awakes. And in the real world she's holding the the ear. So, you know, they work out that if you bring Freddy into the real world, he is susceptible. So, like, again, going straight into stuff that we've all seen before. Existing tropes that have happened throughout the series. Um, so they devise the plan to uh, get Freddy out of the dream. This is exactly what happened in the very first Nightmare on Elm Street movie. They have to bring him out under reality to beat him. and But this time they're going to force him to fight Jason. And they bring the unconscious Jason back to his home of Camp Crystal Lake. Where the real estate is in development. Freddy fights Jason in the dream world. Of course, while Jason's out cold, he's in the dream world with Freddy. That's what Freddy was hoping for. So he's going to get rid of him now because he's out of control. Freddy's finally starting to get enough energy to get back into his old ways of invading nightmares, killing kids in reality. And now, at this point in the film, Jason is just in his way, more or less. So, uh, yeah, he discovers that Jason has a subconscious fear of drowning, uh, symbolised by the water from a broken pipe within the dream. Uh, this is as a result of his drowning back in 1957. And Freddy uses this to his advantage. Uh, Jason becomes afraid reverting back to his older self which we've seen happen at the end of Jason Takes Manhattan which was like foreshadow in this movie pretty much um, yeah so uh, uh, Laurie uh, she then takes some uh, sleeping pills and whatnot. Uh, you know they're using tranquilizers to keep Jason under and they give her a little bit to put her to sleep. Uh, they've got like a 15 minute timer for her to get hold of Freddy, bring him out into the real world. Um, as Freddy tortures Freddy then meets her in this new nightmare sequence and he's tormenting her, torturing her in the dream world, revealing that he murdered her mother. This comes out that her father was completely innocent and Freddy was the one that was behind it the whole time um, I should say Laurie is living in the the nightmare house that we know from the movies and uh, Freddy's like you know he always had a thing for the woman of that house so he takes out or took out her her mother and uh, yes father's completely innocent so she's now trying to get full revenge on Freddy and the remainder of the movie um, 
Jason awakens at the real Crystal Lake and pursues the teens. He manages to kill Lederman. Uh, Laurie is awakened and manages to pull Freddy into the physical world. Um, Shown a fear of fire as a result of his death of boredom, uh, with, where he's confronted by Jason. So, uh, yeah, that's all standard tropes, has to be said, once again. Um, so we finally get into the big showdown fight at the end of the movie. And we did get a little bit of a confrontation between the two of them and the nightmare sequence. But Freddy's that strong in the nightmare world that uh, Jason didn't stand a chance in there. And now that Freddy's out into reality, they're evenly matched, more or less. Um, so Freddy and Jason fight throughout the campgrounds during which uh, Jason kills Kia. Uh, Freddy uses the construction site to gain the upper hand and cuts off Jason's fingers, essentially allowing Freddy to take his machete. This is very, very much skimming the surface of the fight. Um, as Freddy is slicing away at, at Jason, Laurie distracts him before Jason punches his fingerless hand through Freddy's torso. Freddy retaliates by plunging Jason's machete into his side uh, and Jason rips Freddy's glove arm off. Uh, yeah, uh, Laurie and Wall set fire to the dock, uh, causing propane tanks to explode and throwing Jason and Freddy into the lake. Uh, Laurie and Wall embrace each other at the end of the movie they have, they have dived under the lake as well to you know avoid the explosion and uh, they crawl out onto the dock and then of course we see uh, the legs of one of the, either Freddy or Jason walking towards him and we see the machete and the hand so we reckon this is Jason has survived and as the camera pans up we see that it's Freddy and uh, he's about to kill the two of them with Jason's machete, but he's then impaled through the the chest with his own clawed arm. So that Jason pops up out of the water, stabs him right through the back, and his hand, his own hand, with the glove comes out of his chest, and uh, he drops to his knees after Jason, pretty much using his last of his strength to do that, falls into the water. And uh, Jason, or sorry, Freddy drops to his knees and Laurie grabs hold of the machete and uh, decapitates uh, Freddy. And uh, yeah, he falls into the water just after Jason. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much where the, the film ends off, apart from the little... But at the end where we normally get where it's, you know, we'll leave a little string here in case we ever decide to revisit this series. And uh, the following morning, Jason emerges from the water holding his machete and Freddy's severed head in his right hand. And uh, Freddy then again breaks the fourth wall, winks at the camera and laughter is heard in the background. And, uh, yeah, it just gives you something to think, right, we may at some point come back 
and visit this again. This movie for me was a good enough time. You know, it's again as I say, you, you were kind of hoping that there'd be more. You get a movie that's called Freddy vs. Jason. You would sort of hope that there'd be more of the the confrontation between the two of them. Maybe last a little bit longer. Like I would have li- liked a little bit. Maybe the last 40 minutes. Let's just say if we could have stretched it out a little bit longer than what we got. Like I think he... I'm just... I haven't actually timed it. But I would reckon the, the actual fight between Freddy and Jason couldn't have been any longer than maybe... 10 minutes of even that there of screen time but uh, yeah what we did get was pretty good <clears throat> you know we just it is what it is we, we finally got Freddy Krueger versus Jason Voorhees and uh, it's very easy to be sat in your ass watching a movie and thinking hmm I wish they had done that better but uh it is what it is. The movie is. It had a budget of thirty million dollars, and it made one hundred and sixteen point six million at the box office. And I do believe that's the highest money that was made, and and all the movies put together. You know, I think it earned more than the Nightmare on Elm Street movies and the the Friday the Thirteenth movies. But it, uh, yeah, it was. It received mixed reviews from critics. Uh, of course, again, uh, one of these films that, no matter how hard you try, you know, people are going to have a a bit of a problem with them because, again, as I say, I would like to have had more of the, the confrontation between the two of them. So, uh, yes, I think now I had read something somewhere here. Um, yeah, I had said, and what was the, the film, oh, I'm trying to recall which one it was, of the, name, or, Friday the 13th movies, that last one, where Freddy's hand grabs hold of Jason's glove, or Jason's mask, and pulls it under the, the hearth down the hill. Um, I did say that I did see the the Necronomicon in a house in that movie, and uh, it says what I came across here was uh, the film marks Robert England's final cinematic appearance as Freddy Krueger. A sequel to this, uh, a sequel and crossover with the Evil Dead franchise was planned for after this movie. But it was ultimately scrapped and turned into a comic book limited series, Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash. So they had planned to actually put it on screen, but uh, didn't get there. And probably because of the, the fans been uh, little bitches about everything as usual. And again, I can't really say much because I'm sitting here and this podcast episode and thinking to myself, oh, I, I wish they had it done better. I wish, I wish there had been a wee bit more of the confrontation between the two characters because it's, you know, it's, <laughs> and again, it's very, very easy to be sat in your ass and been the, 
the couch critic that knows more than the people that actually put the thing together. But uh, it's a good movie. I enjoyed it, I have to say. Now, but uh, the only thing I would say is again that final confrontation, which just had been a little bit longer. But uh, that's good now. Um, it was good to see Robert England back as Freddy for one final outing. And uh, yeah, it just seemed to be at that time. Uh, I don't know, like I'm only spitballing here, but I think the, the rise of reality TV and whatnot was starting to hit hard. That, that definitely was in the UK here at that point. And uh, people seem to be, you know, falling off horror movies and that sort of thing in uh, favour of sitting at home watching people in, like, the Big Brother house and shit they get. So, I don't know. Um, the the attendance at cinemas and that were definitely starting to dwindle at the point this movie came out. Uh, I definitely I noticed that here anyway. And it's just gradually been getting worse and worse in the years since this movie. So, you know, I don't know. Um, it's definitely one to check out. Um, if you've if you've watched all the Freddy movies and all the Jason movies, that's you know, it's a movie that just it has to be watched. It just made sense to make it. And it's just a bubblegum for the brain movie. Uh, and I couldn't recommend it higher. <laughs> Even though they, the few problems that I do have with it, I couldn't recommend it higher if you just fancy a little bit of horror fun for an evening. It's definitely a movie to check out. Right, guys, I'm going to go because if you can't hear it, I'm having trouble with breathing at the moment. So I'm going to duck off here and I'll talk to you again on Monday, Auburn Well. This has been a production of Coins Edge Media. Thank you so much for listening.